फ्रॉम इंडियाज लार्जेस्ट न्यूज रूम आई मारून जॉर्ज एंड दिस इज द टाइम्स ऑफ इंडिया पॉडकास्ट During the pandemic many of us lost our jobs and many of us took up new opportunities. For many this sudden shift in the middle of uncertain times has come with other side effects. In today's episode my colleague Devyani Mohan talked to someone who went through post traumatic stress disorder at work and he explains how he dealt with it. She also spoke with a therapist on how to deal with conditions like these. A few weeks ago, Gurpreet Singh, who's managing director of leadership and succession at Russell Reynolds India, wrote on LinkedIn about how taking up a new job had affected him. He said he'd had some anxious and sleepless nights, but realized that he wasn't as derailed as he could have been. What he was certain about was that it was work-related stress that had pushed him into depression and post-traumatic stress disorder. His post was widely shared on the platform, with many saying it inspired them to seek help like him. Like Gurpreet there may be hundreds of experienced similar challenges with the covid pandemic only making things worse however unlike Gurpreet many continue to suffer reluctant to seek help when i spoke with Gurpreet i started by asking him about that linkedin post and his experiences there was this linkedin post that you wrote some weeks ago about the bounce of anxiety and sleepless nights that you experienced You said in your post that it was work-related stress that pushed you into depression and PTSD. Can you elaborate on what you think triggered that stress and how did it build up over time? This happened over the course of two jobs, really. So there was stress in both the jobs, and the stress was a result of having too many priorities to manage. You know, imagine a juggler who's who's. who who's juggling good with juggling let's say four or five balls and then you just keep adding one more and you add one more and so then you go from enjoying the juggle and playing at the best of your capacity and being in flow to suddenly juggling while experiencing trauma all the time ki kahin koi ball gir na jaye you know i hope i don't drop one of these balls and so it's gone from being an enjoyable easy flow doing something i do well to doing so many things that i'm constantly worried that i will slip up and i think that that continuing over a prolonged period of time is what did it to me and that was what led to the stress ptsd um is a little different and i think ptsd was um an outcome of just bad treatment sometimes you will fail you know so we are not perfect and when an imperfection uh, expresses itself or you drop a ball now your manager can be disciplining uh, or your manager can be rude when you experience treatment that affects your self esteem or your identity is where you begin to then have even more stress and even more trauma and now not only are you worried about dropping the ball you are worried about the repercussion of dropping it there are times that you can drop a ball and somebody will sit with you and say it's all right we'll get over it i know you're overloaded this shouldn't have happened but uh, let's figure out a way to also support you through this and that's all right because we are all naturally conscientious nobody wants to drop the ball but if you experience a leader who says what the hell were you doing and how can somebody who's as educated as you make such a mistake 
now you're being attacked personally and uh, so that i think is where ptsd happens the stress is just having too much too much to do for too long a time you can do it for a month you we all mm-hmm. go through intense periods so a phase is fine but the phase can't be a year or two years more often than not it is uh, something that accumulates over a period of time and that's why we don't notice it that ridiculous um, analogy of uh, putting a you know frog in water and slowly turning up the temperature is exactly how it works with us was it then your environment or was it your personality or the way you deal with situations that led to your mental state i would say it's bits of both it's really easy to blame the environment but we also have to be honest about the fact that we choose to remain in that environment that we choose to pick jobs that are challenging and that's all right it's not wrong to pick jobs that are challenging but if you're if you're in an environment where e a you're either constantly under resourced and therefore you you're having to spend far more hours doing what you need to do or you're constantly being loaded with more and more and more and more and nobody is noticing what a rational logical breakaway point should be uh, that's certainly the environment having a bad toxic manager is an environment right but i also don't want us to walk away from the fact that all things being equal you can still enable this to happen to you if you have certain habits and a certain you know personality or a character profile let's say you have a you you you're very bad with conflict and you're conflict avoidant uh, you'll never walk up to somebody and say i'm overloaded can you just take some work off of me or if you if you're insecure Uh, you're not going to be stepping up and having a conversation that could enable the environment to course correct so it's you as well some of us tend to be uh, over conscientious and therefore not only do we want to take everything onto our plate we also want to make sure it's all 100% perfect which just adds to the stress you know there is this tendency in the early stages where when we're feeling low or disengaged we either just shrug it off or we pretend nothing is wrong we convince ourselves that it's a temporary phase so how does that self awareness set in so i tend to be somebody who has very high levels of ownership and responsibility and so when i started slipping a bit or it was getting a little uh, tougher my voice in my head was man up dude just man up yeah work harder uh, this is the job ye to karna hi hai and i would actually beat myself up for being weak and slipping and i'm adding to it now you know so my body my mind is feeling the pressure so i think first week i went through this pattern of saying you can do better you can do better you can do better not realizing that i was already crossing a certain line and for a, and and it's not like i was in this space for two months i was in this space for about 12 to 14 months i think you know before it hit me and what hit me is the day i began to demonstrate behaviors that were i think at odds with my value system or with the identity i had of my own self so i know what it was because i can never forget it um i woke up one morning i was very very tired i had a client call at 9 a.m. and i just i just sent a message to the client lying that i'm not well and i can't do this and i moved the call ye ho gaya 
within the same week i had a proposal to complete and send i just didn't do it and over the weekend when i was reflecting i was in complete shock right i was in shock because i said this is not you how did you even do this there must be something seriously wrong for you to have done this because that was really not me and that became my wake up call when i started behaving in a manner that was not me so then this whole i don't care business began because no matter what kind of job i have been what kind of boss i may have had and i've mostly had great bosses even if i'm disengaged i've never shirked so for me to have shirked was the shocker that shook me out of my pattern and caused me to acknowledge that something was indeed broken and that's the day i started thinking and talking about it and articulating it what was interesting is that the people around me didn't know how to deal with it you know so uh, my wife was very very supportive she didn't know what to do to help me so i could see her helplessness so she did whatever she could think of you know she just made life easier for me yeah i remember my mom saying oh beta i'm so sorry to hear this why don't you why don't you ease off why don't you rest a little and then she didn't know what to say after that my friend said khush raha kar yaar ye kya depression chal drink peete hain <laughs> so so i was so for a while i felt a sense of betrayal even these are the people who are around me and nobody is helping me out it's only a little later that i realize how little people know about how to deal with somebody who's going through this and so the people i had initially counted on as my support system were ill equipped and so i said man i need professional help i need somebody who really understands this because i'm not getting any answers i i i am not able to fix it and that's what led me to the counselor and that i think was where i began my uh, turn around because somebody started using science and a method you know one realizes sometimes that one is not feeling right one gets that awareness but it's still not easy always to finally seek professional help so was it tough for you to actually get to that stage or was that decision easy for you in my case i i didn't have any uh anything holding me back any beliefs or biases about seeking professional help so it came easy to me but over the course of the last few years as i coach senior professionals and i work with others whenever i've nudged them towards seeking professional help at least 7 out of 10 of them have said no because there's a stigma there's a bias and when i've said why no these people are trained to deal with what you're going through and i tell them you know that if you if you if you if you unwell you go to a doc don't you this is a different kind of doc it's the same thing but there's a stigma and they say i don't think mera haal itna bhi kharab hai i don't think i'm in such bad shape that i need to take professional and i'm like you do uh, the first response is resistance or denial you know and i think it's because for years we've treated counselors as people who treat crazy people it's a sign of madness right not realizing that actually your brain your emotions your body your entire physiology is breaking down because of stress and you need help at multiple level like the first thing my counselor did is let's get your thyroid and your vitamins checked because vitamin b and vitamin 
T being low can also lead to your emotionality being suppressed. And she said, you may still be depressed, but if I don't fix your vitamins, then it'll only take longer for you to heal. And so I think it's vital to seek help and um, you can do it quietly. If you feel there's a stigma, please do because these people are trained. They, they, they're the only ones who had the answers to help me. Once you actually went and sought help and in your post, you say that you were able to eventually self-govern and self-manage your energy and emotions. And now you're at a good stage and you're on the path of healing yourself. So, of course, the counselor definitely helped. Is there anything that you also did from your end that sort of brought about this change? The battle within was for me to recognize my own psychology that works against me and make my peace with some things and make certain, I think, recalibrations of my beliefs. So, for example, the one of the biggest battles I fought with my counselor in the early days was when she started talking about prioritizing self-care. I didn't have a problem with self-care per se, but when she said prioritize, I had a problem. So she said, look, if on a particular day you're feeling you're not up to something, don't do it. The world isn't going to crash. This is your mistaken belief that if you don't do it, everything It just reinforces your identity. And it took two months for me to find my peace with it. But when I did, oh my God, what a huge difference. Earlier, if I prioritized myself, over something else, I used to feel tremendous guilt. So I think one big breakthrough was to not feel guilt when I took care of myself. And now that I hear it, it sounds so silly because I must. Who else will take better care of me than myself? You know, Who else will know that I need to take care of me? So that was the battle within. The battle without, and you know, unabashedly, I must share that there was a period that uh, while I don't think I became an alcoholic who started drinking at nine in the morning, <laughs> is my, my way of explaining to myself I wasn't as bad. But I would get home from work sometimes even at 11 or midnight and I would pour a drink because that would help me sleep. So the battle without was to start adjusting my schedules, my lifestyle, uh, I realized how how good exercise used to make me feel. And exercise is psychosomatic. It works on your body. It works on your mind. It works on your endorphins. It's 360 degrees. So building a, a regimen of regular exercise was a powerful first step. Uh, the second step was tougher, which was to say, I will not work after 7 p.m. And I realized that the world didn't stop and I could still accomplish what I needed to do. So to shift that was another very powerful step. So even now, I usually start work about 9.30 and finish at 7. And for the most part, I don't check email after that. I believe they'll call me, you know, what's the big deal? Uh, I've stopped checking emails on weekends, um, which was anathema. I would check email every hour, Right. Uh, I do vacations now and for days I won't check, right? Uh, so the belief is that the world can go on and uh, I'm not holding it up. Uh, so that's the other big uh, lifestyle shift. I started watching my sleep, how much water I drank, what I ate, um, the time that I ate at. So I finished dinner at 7.30 now. But I think the combination of all of this, not only is it a system, 
that helps my body, mind, and emotionality and spirit. But also the fact that I am doing it in a disciplined manner, it reinforces the fact that I value myself and that I will therefore set these boundaries, not just for others, but also for myself. So I think I have started respecting myself and valuing myself a lot more. And I think half the healing sits there. Sometimes we are too hard on ourselves. We are too, we are more violent with ourselves than others are. And I think that was the more difficult um, part of the journey. And I must confess, I'm, I'm a little emotional right now, just recounting it because um, just, I think today's, I'm acknowledging this after a long time that I, I respect myself a lot more than I did before. What prompted you to sort of share this on a public platform? I think uh, one of the triggers for me to share it was the fact that I had had a conversation with somebody and they refused counseling. And so I realized that many people probably don't even recognize what's going on. And uh, I've been through it. I fought my own battles. And maybe if I shared, it will give more courage or maybe it will also give a platform uh, to others. And uh, so I thought, let me go out there begin a conversation, create a platform, make it feel safer for others uh, to do the same and so they can get in touch. So that's what it was, really, just giving back. The pandemic has made organizations more focused on the mental well-being of their employees. Many are offering incentives ranging from unlimited leave to yoga sessions. I asked Gurpreet what he thought companies needed to do. I personally think that while organizations are waking up and, you know, they are introducing yoga in the morning, they're creating panels of counselors, letting you know your numbers and reach out on your own. I think where the rubber hits the road is the line manager. And I don't think there's enough investment there yet. I mean, we do a lot of manager development and leadership training and all of that. But I think equipping managers to recognize signs, equipping managers to to do check-ins on how, how are you doing? What's your load? You know, when we hire somebody new, we check in with them in the first three months. How are you settling? How are you integrating? Um, if you know that there is a team going through a high pressure process, or if there's two or three individuals who are in high stress jobs and they tend to be such jobs, why can't you check in with them every month or two? How's it going? How's your energy? You know, there's a set of questions you can ask counselors to. So I think equipping line managers would be the sharpest intervention that organizations could do. I think the other thing organizations could do is be tougher on toxic managers. Often the toxic managers who continue to retain jobs are high performers themselves. And so nobody touches them. But I think that's the gravest sin because not only do you ensure many other people get damaged, you create a very wrong archetype of the kind of style that you can use as a leader. See, I think the key is psychological safety. You can set up counselors, but if there's no psychological safety, nobody's going to call them. By psychological safety, I mean, is it safe enough for me to be who I am? Is it safe enough for me to be vulnerable and say, I think, I think I'm burning out here. Can you ease me off a little? without it affecting my next promotion or my career prospects. You need to know that it is safe to do that and that the organizations understand that these things happen. 
and the org may need to recalibrate just how much they've given you they may need to check whether they've equipped you with the right tech technology or you have enough team members to carry the load you can create psychological safety when senior leaders other leaders across the firm are able to be vulnerable and say you know what i've been feeling this way too let's all sit down and take a look at what is it we are doing what what is our ethos of how we will work here right so have conversations like that in the open and i think that will be powerful what advice do you have for someone going through something similar i think the telltale signs are how long you've been under stress for if you're in a space where you say no it'll be better next month and next month and it's not happening and if you're four or five months in step back okay second if you find yourself behaving in ways that are not you either withdrawing too much or exploding too much or shirking or your sleep is gone you know start picking up um, these signs and uh, step back and lastly i think whether you're in the thick of it whether you're burned out or you think on the way to burning out just go seek help mm. there are people who are trained when you're feeling this way you go to a counselor i would always say start with counseling they will decide what you need and then follow their lead some of us may need both we may need a counselor and we may also need a coach the counselor will work on the within the coach will help you fix how you manage your calendar how you how you push back with your supervisor how you manage your boundaries so sometimes having both um, is useful dr jyoti kapoor is the founder director of manasthali a mental health and wellness services center in gurgaon She says the pandemic has caused a major shift in work culture which in turn has had a massive effect on the physical and mental well-being of people. But like Gurpreet, she's clear it's up to an individual to understand when they need help and then seek advice from a counselor. She explains the warning signs to watch for and also has some advice for those feeling burnt out. Are there any particular signs that one needs to watch out for? i would say we don't have to wait till a symptom or a clinical disorder sets in if one feels over emotionally overwhelmed if one feels vulnerable if one feels uh, you know stuck or in a situation which is extremely uncomfortable and is affecting his personal social work life or his or her own productivity i think this is uh, in itself an indication that one needs to do something about it but for those for whom these symptoms have already started yes these are the signs and symptoms you may be feeling um, apprehensive you may be um, not able to you know think straight get confused not able to concentrate feel like you're forgetting a lot of things get snappy or irritable at little little things are uh, not feeling like eating or you know are eating more due to the stress having disturbance of sleep or uh, there are other physical symptoms like stomach related symptoms hyperacidity blood pressure fluctuations most of these are related to stress and if they are occurring um, continuously then it's time to seek uh, medical advice i mean it's not as much as before but there is some sort of a stigma still attached to mental health issues and seeking help from a professional 
what is your advice for someone who is struggling with that see uh, they say god helps those who helps themselves and therefore one needs to take responsibility for one's own self why does one lack confidence to speak in the first place it is because of the fear the fear of being called weak or crazy or incompetent uh, if you find it difficult to open up to family friend or a colleague talking to a professional is the best option uh, and i wish to convey this message to everybody out there that for any medical professional and more so for psychiatrists confidentiality is the first principle of practice talking to a mental health pro- practitioner does not make one sick there are no labels put on the person the diagnosis is more for the clinician's use than for the patient and treatment is not meant to suggest that something is you know lacking in the person or the person is incompetent it simply means that something needs to be added to improve a situation one needs to ask oneself you know if you do nothing about a problem does it really go away so the longer we wait the longer we suffer so i think it's important to understand that what is my concern what is my fear why don't i want to talk about it and then address that first and obviously after that the doors open lifestyle is important your exercise is important how you do a work life balance that is important right this is uh, era that we are living in is probably um, uh the most uh, advanced era that we talk about wherein we have technologically found solutions to lots of problems but despite that we are probably the most uncomfortable you know people around the reason being that uh, our lifestyle is not balanced it is not in keeping with our natural biological rhythms our sleep wake cycles are disturbed our dietary patterns are uh, bad we do not have a regular uh, um, system of you know doing things um, and uh, exercise is obviously one of the major things which is lacking we are mostly into sedentary jobs so the three basic things that actually ensure a healthy life is a balance of diet exercise and sleep wake cycle and that is the thing that is probably missing uh, in almost 90% of the people out there and that is the basis of the vulnerability on which most problems related to lifestyles develop so we have to work on our lifestyle and our um, culture uh, you know the work culture that needs to uh, understand the importance of this because we can't really keep pushing a person to go on you know being productive without giving an environment that ensures that that person comes back and is revived back into being productive there is the gender issue as well many men bear the burden of being the primary earners but for working women it's not just the job it's also possibly the home the children the extended family how do women avoid being overwhelmed so for women uh, you know i have have been saying for a while that this is probably the worst era for women because they are kind of doing two jobs in the time of one job and while they are expected to give their 100% in both the places their own self is getting ignored and what is ignored it can't be cured so uh, women uh, particularly need to prioritize things in their lives and prioritizing does not mean that you give up one and choose one it simply means that prioritize the things that are more important to your well-being and your family's well-being 
and at the same time you know focus more on quality than quantity because uh, most of the time we think that if we are spending more time with a certain person say our child uh, or looking after their each and every need or are teaching them first uh, uh, first hand then only we are good but that's not necessary what's important is the quality of time that you are spending and if you are spending that quality in a relaxed mind state with less stress and not because you are trying to achieve something which you believe is idealistic it has to be more practical then you would be able to you know manage your work and your life in a better manner for some the cost can be high right it's not i mean to visit a therapist it is expensive so what does one do in that case for those who cannot afford it see the costs become high more because of neglecting mental health than uh, anything else i have seen people go through expensive investigations and treatment for physical consequences of the stress rather than treating the stress itself for individuals i would suggest that you can seek out mental health advice from government or private sector with an open mind and then it will be an investment rather than an expenditure once a disease has you know taken its root it's important to seek professional guidance and treatment uh, in time because once you do that you can save uh, not only money but also chronic health problems and financial burden so if a person in general is feeling work pressure stressed burnt out suffering from issues what sort of advice would you give such a person uh see the first step is identifying the source of stress in our workshops we ask people to maintain a stress diary wherein you try to you know ask yourself questions and then answer so it helps us sort things better in our head is the source uh, that we consider is causing stress it is real or is it perceived is it something i can do something about or it's out of my area of control is it related to my habit or a deficiency of a certain skill then the next step is to identify uh, how i manage stress another important aspect of stress management is time management it starts by looking at our routines adjusting our daily timetable to meet our requirements practically and not just idealistically and having enough time for one's own self uh taking time off and setting priorities and then making a game plan to go about living a happy life uh can be a better option than struggling every day with similar issues eventually people ask me what's the purpose of life and my answer is the purpose of life is living so live life don't drag on today's episode was produced by jairaj singh sunai marathe and anuja singh for a daily spotlight on people ideas and stories that matter subscribe to us we're available on ty plus spotify apple google podcasts and all other platforms of your choice for any news tips email us at tuipodcast@timesinternet.in